With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Get us bevel way? Now, Charlie. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Get us bevel? Now, Charlie. Charlie, yeah. Sabes que me me vale. Me vale. Get us bevel? Now, Charlie. Charlie. Welcome to Suplexes and Cervezas with Chavo Guerrero Jr. I'm your host, Chavo Guerrero Jr. Hey guys, thanks for joining me on the Suplexes and Cervezas podcast this week. Hopefully you're having a beautiful cerveza somewhere, sitting underneath the sun, maybe by a nice pool or beach, and not getting suplexed, um, because that is what I'm doing, and it feels damn good. (laughs) This week, I get to talk to two of my favorite favorite people um wrestling diva gail kim who's one of the best wrestlers in the world and not just female wrestlers but just wrestlers she's got she's put on some great matches in wwe and tna and all over the place and this girl can really bring it pretty pretty good sense of humor also (laughs) i love her and her uh celebrity chef husband uh robert irvine Really, really cool guy. Uh, when I first met him, I hit it off with him right off the bat. Good dude, man's man, but real giving guy. He's you know been all over the world doing stuff for the for the troops, and uh, he's coming out of the Royal Navy and cooking over there. And you'll hear us talk about that, and just talk about stuff that he's done with the uh, Trump organization, how he got started with that, and the goods and the bads. Also, a good story is that we were at Gail and Robert's wedding. And this is the best wedding you've ever seen. I mean, there were celebrity chefs all over the place cooking and the best food, the best drinks. And it was at a beautiful winery up in Napa Valley and pretty amazing, amazing venue and amazing wedding. They say they're in wrestling. There's it's never a party unless Chavo takes his shirt off. And uh, that's (laughs) kind of goes around in the wrestling world a little bit. So at that wedding, of course, I took my shirt off. And who was right there right right with me at his own wedding was Robert. Robert took his shirt off, and uh, we had a little bit of a a pose down. And, you know, Robert's in great shape. He's always working out. He's always looking good. So uh, he gave me a run for my money for sure. (laughs) But, you know, usually any wedding I go to, it's it's me getting the party started with the shirt coming off. And, uh, you know, it was Robert. It was right there, man. So I was like, all right, I like this guy. It was a good time. Check out the listen. I know you're going to like it a lot. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button and get notified every time a new podcast comes out. Again, appreciate it, guys. And next is Gail Kim and Robert Irvine. Hey, guys, what's going on? Thank you for taking time out of your day and joining little old Chavo on his podcast. I really, really appreciate it. It's so funny. Because, You're not so little anymore. Well, he no, looks- yeah, he looks <laughs> right now. <laughs> it's so funny because I've people I've done podcasts with, they'll always follow up with, hey, do you think Robert will do the podcast, my podcast? And I'm like, I can ask. And it's just, it goes through a process for him. Cause totally. You know, and he and says it, no all the time, except yeah. when she said to you, I said, oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was like, and I did tell Chavo, <laughs> like, you. 
you were very smart about that, asking us to come on together. <laughs> well, it wasn't, it wasn't, that wasn't my it's idea. Like I, we don't know you. Yeah. yeah, it was, we're yeah. friends. Yeah. And, and, you were at my wedding, she, our wedding. Right. My wedding. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Her Thank wedding, you. her wedding. <laughs> it was her it's wedding. His wedding. I always yeah. say that, my wedding. You do. Because I produced it. <laughs> Till nine o'clock, then, then well, all bets were off. Basically, what a wedding. Oh my God, like there's never, anybody listening, this, you've never seen a wedding like this ever. It was amazing <laughs> at a winery with the best foods and chefs cooking and uh, it was amazing. It was amazing. You know what's good, Travel has his shirt off at the end of the night. I, yeah, I've well, got pictures I, of I wasn't the only one with my shirt <laughs> no, off. You're no, right. No. Sure. I wasn't the only but Chava always starts it, and then he gets yeah. he gets the party started. Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> well, true. Sherry, your wife, actually yeah. started unbuttoning your shirt. That's the story I heard of how it started. It wasn't Sherry. It was um, it wasn't Sherry. It was Lisa. <laughs> I was gonna say it was there Lisa next. <laughs> it was Lisa. You know, Lisa. That's her like her, her thing. And, uh, and what was cool is that, and I had never met Robert before, but Robert followed suit right there. He was like, oh, really? He takes his tuxedo yeah. off and we have our that shirts on. That was the first time you guys met? Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time. Oh I don't think I'd, I don't I think I'd ever I, met him. I, I took my tuxedo off and show off and then Justin followed, then everybody followed. <laughs> no, I think then we the shut freak. cameras off. <laughs> but that's basically how it goes. I mean, literally, I mean, what do they say in wrestling? It's not, it's not a... Uh, it's not a party till Chavo takes his shirt off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I heard that before. <laughs> That's what they say. That's what they say. You know, I've kind of, I kind of retired that guy a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I'll break him out every once in a while. Maybe That's it's a pandemic that. that's that's retired him. <laughs> <laughs> well, our ten year anniversary is going to come up not too long from now, so yeah. get ready. Yeah, my fiftieth birthday was time. amazing, and then yes. we're going to do another one yeah. for for our ten year, right? I feel so. like we throw a good party. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Pays for it. <laughs> yes, someone else pays for it. Right, but you know what? We like to party. We like to have fun. You know, we're good people. We like that we have good friends. When you get good friends together, what do you do? We get people, good friends, they party and have a good time. So just, you know, I could be, I could be like in a, on a, in a, in a morgue with a bunch of alcohol and we'd still have an awesome time, yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm going to be around people. I like to do that. Yeah. You know, so. We always, we always have yeah. a good time. I'm the same way though. I'm the same way as Robert. Like I, I, I'm reserved until I get around my friends. Like I feel comfortable and then I let it loose. But I don't, I don't do that very often because it's, it's hard, You're, you know. People have a public perception of you, right? For and sure. me, and yeah. Gail. So, so we always say, even when we go to the restaurant in Vegas or with somewhere, there's a, there's a kind of somebody stopping you. And then when you get behind closed doors and it's a, a group of people that you trust with no phones, yeah, then you can, right. let, you can let your hair down. You can, yeah. you can have fun. And, you know, the reason I got in the restaurant business is because you can drink and eat for free. <laughs> yeah. It's That's also funny. a very hard business to be yeah. in as, you know, yeah. his show. Yeah, it is. Yeah, very, well, I used to work in the restaurant business. I mean, it, I, was, I started as a busboy at, at 18 or 17. And then I worked all my way up and worked until I was 24. Five, as you know, I was a busboy, and then I was a waiter, and then I was the delivery guy, and then I was a bar back, and I was a bartender for, I mean, six years. 
training for wrestling, doing wrestling. I got everything else, but the bartending piece I wasn't interested in. That's where you make the most money. That was the best part. That was the best part. The best part was because bartending, I just, uh, you're around your little area and it was just like me hanging out, serving drinks. I mean, until I got really busy, but it was just talking to people and just hanging out and, and getting them drunk. Just what I do now. (laughs) They said when I was cocktailing, um, I always liked bartending better because it's, first off that barrier between you and the other person. And also they come to you as opposed to you going to them, you know, as a waitress, you go to yes. them and then you're like, you know. Yeah. And then I was young, I was, you know, tw- 21 to 24. So I was single, it was, it was awesome because <laughs> I've been- Single I was, to mingo. <laughs> oh, for sure, totally. And then being, and I, we were trying to figure it out one time. And so I'm being on the, the customer part of the the bar, the guest part of the bar, uh, you know, women, you know, you're a threat. You're a threat to them because you're, you know, you're there. Hey, what's up? Can I buy you a drink? So, well, when I was a bartender, I wasn't a threat. I was just working. Yeah. So I was, there were times when I'd be like sitting there and just working my butt off and whatever. And then I'd have at the end of the night, a girl go, hey, uh, my girlfriend really likes you. And she, <laughs> she really wants to go out with you. And I'm like, who? I hadn't seen her all night. I look at her, I go, all right, I'm off about 15 minutes. <laughs> it was so easy. This is true. I always, when yeah. I was a bartender, I always said, I would never date, I'm not going to date any customers and anybody I meet at the bar. But I mean, that was pretty much my social life. So that's, that's how, how that's, that's how I met Sherry. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Right? I met Sherry. I'm her best friend worked with me and she came in and I was like, whoa. All right, who yeah. the heck is that? Oh, yes, her best friend. I was like, she's Danielle or Danny. She's Danny's friend. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> How long have you guys been married now? I was trying to. Tw- 22 years. Goals. Yeah. 20, 22. 22. She's kicked me out so many times. <laughs> it's okay. Well, we're just talking about. So, at the end of the day, yeah. I figured this I, out. Yes. Women go in cycles. Right, you can do everything right, and then a cycle hits, and everything's wrong. Are you talking about then, our womanly then, cycles? No, oh, okay. no, the right and wrong cycle, I okay. call it. Okay, you do everything wrong, you do everything right, you do everything, and, and it's only a matter of you can almost say in weeks, oh, in six weeks from today, it's going to be a, a bad time <laughs> because that's, yeah. that's the way the female mind works. And guys are so dumb, we are, Simple. we never, yes, no, dumb. I dumb. use the word dumb because we never pick up on those things. And if, yeah. if we spent five minutes thinking about it, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Got it. Yeah, we're, we're not that smart. That, <laughs> I've noticed that. We're not, we're not calculating. We're not, we just kind of just do, 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 do. I'm so and glad then, you guys both agree on this and I have this as proof. You, you know what? Women are, they're so much more complicated than us and nothing, just, just more complicated. We're just a different, just a, a different being. Guys were so easy. It's like, and I always say, you feed us and fuck us, and we're happy. That's it. That's it. I mean, I, really, there's not much more. Overanalyze things, I find. Oh, absolutely. And it's some more than others. Some girls more than others, for sure. But, you know, like, look at, look at our TV shows. You know, women like, you know, Vanderpump Rules and Orange County Housewives and all this drama stuff. Yeah. When men like, I like, I like, 
like like cooking shows and 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 I like building shows and, and there might be some drama in there like you know like West Coast Choppers you know the the dad and the son going off you know screw each other. but it, they're building stuff so I'm looking like oh how doing this and your your show your shows are about making a business and building something and the drama that goes around that of course I mean that's it's about drama but really because that drama happens on its own you know yes. most most of these shows that you just mentioned that females watch the drama is created yeah right yeah and that's absolutely that's one thing i've said in our shows the shows that i do i never want drama and if we've got to fake something we're not doing it i won't do it we don't, right this that's my cutoff i'm like no or if, if they bring in somebody on iron chef or a competition show there's an actor and they tell me oh i think it needs more salt or i think it needs this i'm like do i tell you how to act no so exactly. don't tell me how to so i don't i don't do those shows because of that and that's the right. truth I and mean, i won't do them because they're like oh who's going to judge or is it impartial or do they already know the winners or you know it, it's it kind of pisses over people's weedy but to them it's entertainment yeah but to me it's just, right uh, and but then you're building something like your restaurant impossible you're always building something that you're making this restaurant like at the end you're like okay now it's a, it's a functioning business you're building something and that's guys like that um like you know the other ones the all the the housewives and all this stuff they're just it's just drama they're not building anything it's just women cat fighting that's that's the part of it reality shows i don't like any of those but he like uh I, below I, deck i like below deck that's what well, no that one's I, and I didn't I, want to see I that. Options, I love the yachts. Yeah. I love the places they visit. And, you know, I, I've been not on those personal yachts, but I've been a, a chef on a, on a cruise line, and I know it's the same kind of thing, just a bigger line, a bigger boat. You than like it is. sailboats. And I, all yeah, I like all that. But I do like, I do like, and, and the below deck, I do like mm -hmm. that because sitting in cramped quarters mm -hmm. and and the relationships that go on there and they're all they're all like you know about shit happening um it's kind of funny to watch i, but, I don't know sometimes Robert, you kind of, but you you he knows that all too well though like you started you were in the navy mm -hmm. the royal navy at 15 years old as a cook right yeah i, I signed up at 15 and a half years old because my mother I was a sea cadet, which is almost like a Cub Scout, if you like, but with water. Um, mm -hmm. My brother was in the Air Cadets, and um, there was always this rivalry. And then when I used to, my mother would go to school, and this is something you'll laugh at. My mother would, would go to work, I'd go to school. As she got on the bus, I would double back and drink beer all day in the house. Until, Very British. <laughs> until one day she, she called, called the house, and I answered the phone like an idiot. <laughs> Um, and that was it. Recruitment office, boom, straight away. Um, and I wanted to, I, you know, my brother was in the army at that point. My dad had been in the army. I joined the Navy and, uh, the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Believe me, I, I, I liked, if I hadn't been in the military, I don't think I would be as successful as I am now for sure. It teaches you so many things, yeah. discipline and uh, well, dis discipline, teamwork, leadership, uh, leadership, well. all those things, camaraderie. Yeah. Uh, much like your, I don't know, I think like the wrestling business, but but I think it's a little cutthroat in the wrestling business more than it is in the military because the military is building teams and and tell me if I'm wrong, but I, but I think that the wrestling business is about building yourselves unless you're, unless you're a, 
a tag team kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, the military was about, you know, 26 guys that you worked with and, and making sure that nobody got shot and nobody got hurt and nobody, you know, those kind of things. So I, I think that's what helped me, the military. I guess, sure. yeah, wrestling's kind mm -hmm. of, uh, you still need the other person to yeah. succeed, right? And you want to work with the other person and, it's like um, it is a you team can't thing te you can't you can't but I, I and I'm going to Chavo and you and I yeah. was never a wrestling fan. My wrestling world in England was Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks. Yeah, yeah, that's Big Daddy, right? Big right? Daddy, right? Surely, so that's how I grew up. And he was a he was a copper, a, a police officer. Yeah. Um, but that's how I respected him because he had a real time job. Then he he did his thing. Wait, well, it's like wrestling today, real job. Yeah, but, but you can teach, Chavo can teach me to wrestle. Yeah. He can teach yeah. me to wrestle, I think. Um, but he can't give me feeling and movement. He can't make that connect. Yeah. It's, it's an innate. Exactly. He can say, exactly. oh, you, can, you know, do a move. Yeah. And I can do it, but it, I couldn't sell it. And I couldn't, yeah. I don't, there's an art to it. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, for no, for sure. I think the difference, I think, in if you're in any kind of um, armed forces you're it's structured it's very structured and in wrestling a lot of times it's not structured you know they can kind of do what they want to do whenever they want um you know as far as like the promoters and that kind of thing but one thing i do i always compare it to and not um in a disrespectful way but I was, when we're in wrestling some of my best friends of my entire life are basically the wrestlers because we were like in the trenches together and they were like, these guys would like basically live and die for me. Like we had each other's backs, no matter what you'd like going through. And, and I, I hate to say it, but we'd be like going through a war, but totally different because complete respect to the armed forces. You never like, and our wrestling wars are completely different than that. But the wars that, you know, we're like, just like the wars of life. togetherness, you know, and war. Yeah. The wars of life, wars of being away from your family, wars against the promoters, all just we're like we're brothers and banded brothers. together, you know, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's like there's like a bond, like like Gail and I have this bond that um, we just just got each other's backs. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like funny, it's funny even with wrestling fans where they can be the biggest trolls <laughs> that we have to deal with on earth, but then at right. the same time, if someone from outside our circle attacks the wrestling business they're the first ones to attack them. And they're so loyal and hardcore mm -hmm. and will go to war with us. But we'll still, you know, once we're in our little They'll bubble, criticize us, yeah. And we're the yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's like the military, you know, mm -hmm. the guy or girl to your left or to your right, and there, and there wasn't girls, ladies, yeah. when I was in the military. Mm -hmm. It was, it, you know, they were in there, but they weren't on ships and they weren't in, in, in forward operating right. positions but like it is today. But... You know, it's the same thing. You have a brother, you watch my back. And I know that, and I use this analogy all the time when we, when I teach people in business how to run their business, I teach them to close their eyes. You know, when we give you a rifle in the military, we let you take it apart in the dark, the wet, the cold, the snow, the heat, blindfolded. And the reason we do that is because you should be able to do it through memory. And that's the same with business. It's no mm -hmm. different. That's how Jeff Bezos, that's how... Um, you know, all these guys have become multi, multi-billionaires is because they can do it in their sleep and they're always thinking. Mm -hmm. Same with the military. How do I get out of this position? How do I make this? How do I get up the hill? How do I, you know, and all those questions. Right. And then you're so 
big in doing benefits and supporting our military here in the U.S. It's it's awesome. I mean, every time I see you're raising more money for a you know fallen soldier and you're doing so much other stuff. You know, going traveling to Afghanistan and right. Did you have you guys gone to? Have you guys gone together doing that? Is that from like brotherhood? Like, is that where it stems I think, from? you know, when you, yeah, it's, listen, you, you've walked that line of, of, you know, I went to the Falklands, I, you know, I've been shot at, I've been, you know, so I think wow. when you look at, when you look at modern day, you know, a country's been at war almost 19 years, right? right. So, and I know because we spend, you know, 150 days plus a year, I feed these men and women around the world, whether Afghanistan, Iraq, Poland, Spain, Korea, um, or any base in the United States, we, our companies feed them. So, or, or create the product that they use uh, in special operations and all these other things. So for me, it's, it's when I go to any base, whether it be in, in, in Poland or wherever, and I see somebody that I've seen there five years ago, and I would, I would go and I say to Gail, and in fact, I, I tell this story all the time. A couple of years ago, I had a talk show. We were filming in, in, in uh, Burbank. Burbank, California, <clears throat> and I was doing six shows a day. So we did 180 episodes in six months. With, with, oh, was God. But I get a call from the chairman of Joint Chiefs saying, hey, I've got this crazy idea, Joe Dunford. I said, I'm in. And he said, well, you don't know what it is. It doesn't matter. We're going to go to Afghanistan. So I called Gail. And that was the first year we'd invited my mom and anybody from England to spend time at Disney. And she said, oh, you've forgotten people are oh, coming? No. Well, you didn't say the time of year. So he's like, oh, he calls me and he goes, Oh, Joe Dumford invited me to go to uh, Afghanistan and Iraq, right? Mm. For Christmas to visit the truth. I'm like, your family's coming from Australia and your mom's here. Like, you're just going to leave them? And, and I then, said, yes. yes. <laughs> and so I said, okay, well, I want to go too. So then we ended up going on our first tour. Which was, the, which was probably some of the heaviest fighting in Mosul yeah. that we used to own and then ISIS took it back yeah. and they were fighting. It was an airfield. Yeah. It's pretty. And, wow. and I didn't want to take Gail as tough as she thinks she is. A bullet will stop anybody. <laughs> yeah, and, right. and it was, it was a lot of fighting. They were doing yeah. um, building by building. And I called Joe Dunford hoping he was going to say no. And he said, yes. Mm -hmm. And we ended up in, you know, three days in, in uh, Afghanistan and Iraq and, you know, little kids doing this when your armored vehicle goes past and, um, and I think it was that time that Gail really figured out why I do what I do, mm -hmm. you know, so. Because yeah. I came from Canada, it wasn't like, we don't talk mm -hmm. about the military. We don't, it's not, mm -hmm. um, I always say it's not patriotic, but Canada is very patriotic. Mm -hmm. But in the military sense, I guess mm -hmm. you don't grow up with that talk or. They're, they're not shoving it down your throat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, the American military is much bigger, I'm sure, right? Thank <laughs> And so yeah, he always, I always supported him in all his causes for years, you know, and mm -hmm. understood that was his passion and was there for him all the time. But I had never seen it up close like that and seen like how young the soldiers were and and where they slept and how they lived and it was my first and the fact that they were missing we were there at christmas so they're missing mm -hmm. their loved ones and 
it was just amazing to just experience that because it really opened up my eyes for the first time. You know, where they were sleeping, conduit pipe, concrete it's pipes. Like concrete, like with you know. this curtain. And yeah. I thought yeah. we were, I didn't know where we were walking to. And I was like, oh my God, wait, this is where they sleep? Yeah. I said, mm-hmm. well, like this is hardcore, you know? Yeah. And so. Um, makes you appreciate it, right? I mean, it really uh, makes you appreciate what our soldiers do for us. It really, really did. Really, really did. And still continues to this day, so. Yeah. yeah, I definitely see how that would be something that you'd want you you'd want your wife to see, but you don't want to put your wife in that situation. Yeah, you know, no, being a husband, you definitely don't want to. Yeah. I guess because we were with well, we're the chairman, we're the SEAL team, and, mm-hmm. and and whatever protecting us. But yeah, you know, it, it's still you know, it's a war zone, and it was a heavy war zone. Yeah. And I'd been in Afghanistan and Iraq, mm-hmm. oh my God, since two thousand and eight. Yeah. So, wow. I mean. It, I remember the first time I went, my daughter then, Talia, was young, cost me $3,000 in phone bills because she was worried. She was so worried. (laughs) Now she's like getting used to it and she still worries. But when she was younger, it was was a hard thing to deal with for her. So it was just a lot of reassurance and comforting. Now, how did you two end up meeting? So I'm sure we worked together at the time. We were, um, it was... SummerSlam, Los Angeles, although SummerSlam was always in Los Angeles. Correct. Okay, so, you know, we'd always go into Mark Carano's office. Um, This was not when he was head of talent relations. This was when Johnny was. And we go in every TV and we, he would tell us what appearances we had for the month. And he left the office and I had never... Like, never broke into his computer before, did. but she did. I never did. Yeah. He left the office, so I'm like, oh, let me just scroll through and see what appearances are going on. It's like on. the nosy wife. Let me, th- let me go through his computer here. <laughs> yeah. Let me just see yeah. a second. Hold on a second. Nosy but, wife hey, is going to find something. But it's not. Yeah, yeah. locked in, and he's like, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm just looking through all the appearances. And when I came back to the company, uh, I remember filling out this form because they had these talent I don't know who they were, but they basically asked you to uh, fill in the form about your interests and so they could match up your interests with appearances. And so that was like when I started, this was like maybe a year later. I start looking through and I see, oh, Food Network, um, his show. And I saw like Big Show, Santino, Miz. uh, And then I saw Taryn on it. And I was like, and then he walked in, he caught me and he asked me what I was doing. And I said, so I... I like the Corona, Corona, Corona caught you. Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm looking through your thing. And I said, uh, I filled out all that stuff. And I was like, I like the cooking. I want to do all the food stuff. And he's like, okay, well, we'll see if we can get you added. Two weeks later, he gets me added. Then SummerSlam came and it was on the day of SummerSlam. So I also had a, a rumble, a battle Royal or gone. I think it was battle Royal dark match. So, Taryn ends up getting food poisoning the night before. It's amazing what Visine drops in. Yeah, yeah. Why would I take her out? Yeah, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It was so. It just happened like that, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then I and well, I was already added to the show regardless. So you would have met two of us. So you would have had to choose between the Asian and the blonde. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Maybe what you should have been married to Taryn. No. No. I don't think so. I don't so um anyways and then 
I mean, that was pretty much the first meeting. So, no, oh, wait, no, Ms. tell, tell oh, okay. the whole story. If you're okay. going to tell it, tell it. So, Miz was with him from 6 a.m. or early. He early. was on it all day. I came halfway through, through the day in the afternoon. So, when I got on set, I, I went to go walk on set and he screamed, I'm not ready for her yet, like in this terrifying yell. And I was like, oh my God. And the producer's like, okay, he's not ready. Then finally you brought me on. And the first thing he does is grab an apron and co goes behind me and puts it on me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I remember- I did the same to Miz. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You weren't ready for her. You weren't ready for her yet until you saw her. They're like, okay, now I'm ready for her. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly true. She was wearing a purple short dress. Oh my dress. god! I remember yes. it. I remember it like it was just there. One of my favorite dresses, and and then uh, an orange dress that I loved. He liked it because it was. It was, it was short. I mean, short. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess short. And um, then she. And Gail's always looks in perfect. She's always in great shape. So yes. <laughs> then she went face. So it's know. getting harder as we get older, though. I'll say. No, that. it's not. Not at so, all. Um, so so during the day, I was saying to Miz, I was like, "Oh my God, I want him," because he was just charge. <laughs> and at the same time, he's saying to Miz, "Oh my God, she's so beautiful." Is this right? Is this an accurate story? Yeah. Because I think he told me that. That's very true. Okay, I never really asked you that part. If very that true. was true. Yeah. <laughs> and then Miz was like. But so was everybody else. David and everybody else was looking at you, and I'm like, get, "What are you oh, doing? Just were? get back to work." Oh, I didn't know this. <laughs> Let me look. <laughs> Let me. Look. So then, okay, so I get pulled off. We finished the show, but he's there were still people going on. I get pulled away because I had my dark match. I was just like, "Tell me what I'm doing in this match. I don't care if I get eliminated first. Got dressed, was told my spot, went out there, did it. And then during the show, I remember thinking we had to go to Las Vegas for Raw the next day. Mm -hmm. And back then, so they told us to drive, but back then, remember the rules, if it's like more than a certain hundred- 300 miles. Yeah, 300 miles, we could ask for flights. So mm -hmm. I was riding with Roka and Fox and they're like, oh, we're gonna fly to Vegas. Like we're changing our flight. And I was like, oh, okay, we gotta get out of here. So we're on a time limit. I knew he was coming back to get interviewed by Brawler. And so I was like, dang it, dang it. You know, like, how am I going to see him? And I was telling So we finished first. the show. I snuck, oh, I I snuck a kiss off her on a cheek. On the cheek. And then I went back to shower and change <clears throat> yeah. because I was going to do WWE stuff. Um, and she was waiting at the end, at the bottom of this uh, driveway. At the Staples Center, um, we got our cars valeted at the inside to the arena. So we're waiting. Right cars to catch our flight, me, Fox, and Roka. And I was like, dang it, I'm not going to be able to, I can't find him. Blah, blah, blah. Who starts walking down the ramp? Him and his business partner at that time. And I was like, guys, there he is. There he is. <laughs> and then he came up and we tried to have a conversation, but he turned lobster red from like shyness, embarrassment. I don't know. And shyness, not embarrassment. Okay. <laughs> No, and why would I his, be embarrassed? And then his partner at the time was like, are you going to thank Gail, you know, for today? And he's like, yeah, thanks. And trying to like take off. And so his partner goes, oh, can we get your email so that uh, we can you send book. you a cookbook? And then we just kind of mm -hmm. did that way from that point on. Six weeks. Yeah. Cook, cooking naked with Robert. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cookbook. We talked for like 
on the phone for at least six, six weeks. weeks. Yeah, mm -hmm. to get to know each other. Yeah, yeah. that's the that's way to awesome. do it, guys. You get to know the yeah. girl first. It's very true. And I tried every trick in the book, and it didn't work. <laughs> Believe me, <laughs> took me forever. Too much information. No, I'm just being that's honest. Public. Yeah. <laughs> TMI. But when it eventually happened, it was pretty what awesome. The, oh my god! You, it's a, <laughs> you can tell them. Be real. <laughs> <laughs> for her or for you? <laughs> it, was great, it was great for me. Hey, is that, it. Isn't it supposed to be about no. me? Yeah. No, she did kiss us, so it's okay. Yes. <laughs> Robert, you end up, you're in the Royal Navy. You're a chef. You're in a different country. How did, like we talked about earlier, it's very hard to break into anything in like Hollywood here. It's tough to, to get in there. How, how did you end up becoming like celebrity chef in a sense? Well, it's really interesting because uh, I worked for Donald Trump for four years. I was running his casino um, in, in, Atlantic in Atlantic City for uh, Trump years. Casino. Yeah, uh, Taj Mahal. Mm -hmm. um, I reported directly to him. Funny enough, I came from um, Jamaica. I flew in for a day, cooked for him, flew out, but he offered me a job immediately. I came. Uh, shortly after that, started as the executive sous chef in charge of this, you know, uh, huge um, casino doing 784 million a year in revenue. Uh, I was the number two in charge. And I told him if I wasn't the number one within a year, I'd be gone. Um, pretty ballsy, really, but I did. Uh, and to, to that day, exactly a year later, I become the number one guy. Um, I was pretty well known. Uh, as a hatchet guy. So if you've seen that movie Roadhouse, right? Uh, I fired 300 people in my first year. Um, uh, it was it was pretty hilarious because we would have truckloads of crab legs. And at that point, and there's a reason I'm telling the story because crab legs, Alaskan king crab were 175 a pound. Now you can't get them for less than, you know, 20 bucks a pound. But um, we had a, a truck back up, the cab leave, I went down to check them literally from my office. The truck had gone. Somebody backed up another uh, truck to the trailer and took it. I mean, just gone, disappeared. It was, wow. and Atlantic City was like that. It was all, yeah. you know, yeah. just ridiculous. And, um, you know, I had death threats <clears throat> every day. My car was trashed like Roadhouse. Um, <laughs> literally, I had a Honda Civic, you never forget it. Um, and that's how I started my career. As a young kid taking care of this casino. I, I got on really well with, with Trump because he allowed me to do my job, right? I made a lot of money. I moved to a casino, but when I told him I was leaving, he gave me 15 minutes to leave. Literally pack up and get out. Um, yeah. I started another he casino. loyalty. Yeah, yeah, did another casino. Um, did the same thing. Found I was pretty good at this business stuff. Started a company. And uh, while I was at Trump, I would do local shows, local TV, you know, five minute cooking, four minute cooking, da da da. And then one day I was hosting a show in Atlantic City, a food and wine festival. And um, I asked Mark Summers, who, however I got his name, Double Dare Mark Summers, right. to come and watch and said, hey, if there's something do you think I can do, great. If not, then I won't do it, you know? So for, for months and months after that, that event, he kept saying to me, you know, I don't know what the show is. I don't know what the show is. And eventually I just wrote, um, 
Hang on. Uh, I, I just wrote you wanna, um, you answer that ideas of, of things that I, I wanted to do and things that I'd already oh, done. Okay. So I was going to the White House two days a week cooking for, the, for, for uh, 41, 42, 43, 44. Um, wow. I incorporated that. I was going on aircraft carriers. All the things I did, I just wrote down and it became a show, Dinner Impossible, which yeah. was 140 episodes of just, you know, getting a mission and achieving that mission, just like it did in the military. So that was an instant hit. Then came Restaurant Impossible, which, which was an even bigger hit. Um, I think that's what kind of put me on the bigger stage um, than, you know, talk shows and, and, and all the other things. And, and here we are, we've now got four shows, dinner, restaurant, Robert's the show. hardest ma- uh, hardest working man I've ever met. And so, I mean, I've met a lot of hardworking people. Hmm? I mean, and I can count them all on one hand. So that's how, you know, I think if you really want something, you can achieve it, but it's going to take a lot of work to get there. And the relationships you, and I'm, I'm getting the relationships that I started 10, 12 years ago are coming to fruition now in, in very other things. And the people you meet, and, and I, I said this to you earlier, the people you meet and these, these things that you do are going to set you up for success because eventually they know what you're talking about. They like you, they give you a chance, you prove it. And, and then, you know, it's kind of a snowball effect, um, pretty much like resin, I suppose, right? You know, you get your opportunity and you shine or you don't. And I think that's what we're missing in, in the world right now is that people don't want to put the work in and put that sacrifice in. Anything is attainable, but you do have to work for it. And it's a sacrifice for sure. You have to sacrifice whatever you're doing in your life to achieve that goal. I mean, it's, it, that's what we're missing. And that's what separates, you know, the good from the great is that work ethic. You see everybody who's super successful, you know, they, those guys are the hardest workers in the room. Yeah. You look at Michael Jordan, you look at Kobe Bryant, you look at Dwayne Johnson, you look at, you know, uh, 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 this man, those guys are, they're, they're just hard. They don't sleep. They're just workers, work, work, work hard, you know, and that's, what I think we're asking for more that- things now. It's not just a work ethic. Now it's it's you know, and I I know you guys have worked with with The Rock, and and I watched from afar of his career and and what he's done, right? And I know you're there working with him right now. But for me, it's what you give back, right? That is for me the measure of success. I don't care whether you make twenty thousand, ten thousand. If you're giving back time and money and commitment to other people less fortunate than you, that's when you become successful because it's not about you anymore. Mm-hmm. And it starts off with you. And I'm the first yeah. one to say, listen, yeah. when I got my first TV show, I was making $4,000 an episode. I was like, oh my God, I won the jackpot. I'm getting caught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was rich. like, I was like <laughs> yeah. not only rich, but I was, I'd made it, right? Yeah. And then you yeah. suddenly realize because there's something takes over your brain or your body or something, I don't know what it is, and you become the complete opposite of what you wanted to become when you become successful. And you don't realize that until after that. In other words, you become a bit of a, an asshole, right? And, and, yeah, sure. and you don't realize that until people start looking at you and then eventually somebody might say something, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and I find now my biggest, advice to people is just do your job, have fun, be, be 
uh, nice to everybody that you meet. Yeah. Be respectful, honorable, um, offer help no matter what it is. If it's a dishwasher, if it's a bus driver, if it's a, just be nice because when you move along your journey of life, no matter what it is, all three of us, you're going to come across people that know somebody that knows somebody else that know this guy. And I find it more and more now than, you know, in 55, I was 55 a week or so ago. I find it more now than ever before that somebody knows somebody and that's how I get jobs. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's true. You know, and it's, they say sometimes it's not what you know, it's who you know, but it's not true. It's who you have good relationships with that you get the opportunity and then your talent, you, you bring that talent to the table. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally see that. And giving back, I'm, I'm a huge giving back, giver backer. I'm a giver backer. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I agree with that. It's definitely, and you, you see the same people. You don't know who's going to be your boss next week in this business. You don't no. know. So the same people you see on the way up, you see on the way down, they say. That's but I, I, I know people that I just see that were really, you know, whether they be PAs or whatever. Next thing you know, they're executive producing a show. Yeah. And you, you're like, ah, I should have been cool to that person. But, you know, that's too, too late. Too late. You just lost out right. job. You're absolutely right. So I have a rule. I have a rule in my restaurants. And, and we have... 11 companies, we have 2,864 employees, right? And my rule is I never talk, I'll say hello and I'll be nice, but I never get involved with the people until they've been there a couple of months or, you know, they've been there longer because I don't know if they're going to make it. It's the same with production people. I've had the same production people um, on Restaurant Possible for 12 years. My PAs have changed because, and, and when I started my talk show, we went on a hiatus with Restaurant Impossible and I hired, and it's so funny, I called, I called Jason and I said, um, one of my uh, producers, I said, hey, I've got this talk show, it's gonna be kind of fun, I think, I don't know, but you know, pack up your stuff and leave, leave your home and move to LA. Yeah. And he's like, hey, what are you, nuts? I'm like, no, trust me, I'm gonna make sure you're okay. And he said, no. And if it wasn't for my, my other supervising producer said, you're stupid, you gotta go, you gotta go. He literally packed up his kids on a Friday, in a, in, a, in a van, drove to LA. He's now executive producing his own shows, and he's, he, you know, he's. That's the um, one thing Robert has always yeah. been very loyal. What you just said is the relationships mm-hmm. you build, and he brings right. the people yeah. from show to show to show yeah. because he knows they're going to deliver. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's very, it's very hard to find people that have your passion because no one's going to have your passion for your project like you are. But once you do find those people that are pretty close to that, that it's the acceptable passion. Like, okay, this person believes in what I believe in and just they, they have that work ethic. Okay, they're, they're with me. I can't lose this person. Yeah, right. I, 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 yeah I, I, I nurture those people and I've got a great bunch of people and we're about to go into, you know, um, Dinner Impossible is coming back. It's, it's not a secret. Uh, next week we start filming and I've taken all these people over the time and, and move them over here. And we've got a cooking channel show and we've got uh, another uh, streaming show. We, we've got a lot going on. Um, but I believe in giving opportunities. I've took 
for seven years, this one camera guy worked for me, Jesse. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, I said, what are your goals? What do you want to do? And he says, I want to direct, right? Just like you. And I said, okay. So he went out and bought his own cameras, his own drone, his own, you know, specific things that he likes. We paid for them mm-hmm. at the end. Um, it was like pulling teeth to get that done. But anyway, um, <laughs> he's now directing and he's probably one, he's directed probably 20, 30 of my shows. Um, and he's an amazing, um, to the point that I told you about Brandon Bragg and my, our dear friend. He's like, oh, I'll give you a job. Um, <laughs> I'm like, no, you're no, not taking him. You're not taking him. Yeah. So I believe in that opportunity. But, but when you get the opportunity, you've got to work as hard as I'm working to give you the opportunity. Yes. You know, so. Yeah, right. I see that. Now, Gail, I've, as long as I've known you, I don't really know your story. How did you get into the wrestling business? Yeah. Because... No. Now, I've, I'm a third-generation pro wrestler with a wrestling ring, grew up with a wrestling ring in my backyard. It's, in, it's impossible to get involved in this business and make it. I mean, you can go to do something at the high school gym or whatever. I get it. But to actually make it in this business and learn this business, it's an art form. It's, it's, it's impossible. How did you who, – who trained you? So Ron Hutchison trained me, same as Trish, mm-hmm. Christian, Edge, all those people. Oh, so. Wow. Basically, I watched wrestling when everyone watched it, you know, in the 80s, 90s. But I did miss Attitude Era, surprisingly. Everyone's always shocked by that. But I did miss the whole Attitude Era. I watched it when everyone watched it, when Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, everybody was the big star, Bret Hart, and everyone. And then I stopped watching when I was, like, high school, I would say. And then... You went to high school? I went to high school. I got straight A. <laughs> oh, not near the end, actually. <laughs> So then I was just changing channels. I remember one day in college, college, we call it university in Toronto. University. It was a storyline with Test and Stephanie and Hunter where he, the wedding. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember that. Sure, of course. Strangely, because I'm so like more about the sport of wrestling. I got caught up on that storyline. And at the same time, that's when the women's rest, uh, the division was flourishing. It was like, Jazz, Trish, Lisa, um, Ivory, you know, just Lita. It was the women's division was actually women's wrestling. And I got so obsessed, like, oh my God, look at these girls. And I fell in love with Molly because I felt like she just moved so differently than any of them. And she was smooth. Absolutely smooth. my favorite. Yeah. And then I was just like, they don't have an Asian girl, you know, and I was. I think that was like literally around the time of internet just kind of happening, like the dial up and stuff. And I found a wrestling school in Toronto. Weirdly, I don't even know what I was looking for. I was like wrestling school. And then I saw Trish, Edge and Christian were all training. I'm like, oh, I think I'm I'm just going to do it because I was always very spontaneous. And so I I told my parents who are very traditional Korean parents, marry a doctor or lawyer or you become a doctor or lawyer. And I said, okay, I'm going to school. And I lied, which I dropped out, which I shouldn't have, but I did. And I took my tuition money and I said, I'll just tell them when I get signed. So I, in that time, my, um, my headspace was that, oh, I'm going to make it in a year. Like, I didn't know how long it took to get right, good. Right, or get right. But I did get signed in two years, which was miraculous. Still unheard of. That's unheard of. 
I was very lucky. I was very green. I just had a really great tryout match where Nydia and I just had incredible chemistry right off the bat, which, you know, I love her to death and always have. Me too. Me too. Me too. Um, we just had a killer match. She gave me a killer match and they wanted to sign me that day. And I mean. And she was very green too. She was very green, very young. Also, Nydia had all, she was the tough enough, you know, yeah. original girl and, and was very, still very green also. So for you two to be two green people having a great match, it's, that yeah. says a lot. No, it was, we always had this incredible chemistry. I don't know if it's because of our, well, we were friends then. We didn't know. She was very open. And Molly was doing the tryout match with Tracy and Beth. So Molly was just blown up. So she was just like, hey, Nydia, can you have this match with Gail? And it just turned out great. And then, I mean, I obviously wasn't ready, but um, getting thrown through it, I believe, taught me so much more, right? Yeah, none of us were ready. When I first started wrestling, thank God, my tryout match with WCW was with Steve Regal. Okay. Regal, <laughs> Regal was so smooth and so great. It was friends with Eddie and my family. So he asked to work with me in WCW. He asked, he goes, I'll work with the kid and made me look like a million bucks. I didn't know what I was doing. He made me look, he got me the job. And I, I still say this to, to, to this day and he, he keeps wanting a percentage of my money. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps saying, I, well, I still need my 10%, but it's true. He did, he got me the, he really, he made me look way better than I was. Got the job and did like the on the job training, you know. But I, your best. So how long were you in WCW for? Before you four came? years, four years more. I was from '96 to then they got bought by WWF at the time, and then came over to WWF. Mm -hmm. I always said, I'm like, I wish I came up in the WCW years because you guys all made. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. well, everybody made. You know, the the big people made. It's just the same. It was the same. Okay. Certain people made a lot, a lot of money. We were all, you know, kind of right here. They were all up here. But we, we didn't care. We were, we were just covered. young. What's that? We had cars and hotels covered. No. No? no. Only certain people did. Oh. As, yeah. As we started getting old, like um, from 96 to 2000, it changed completely. But by 98, certain people were getting hotels and, and rental cars paid for. So Eddie... And Dean and Chris, he came in together. Everybody paid for their own stuff. Eventually, Eddie, Dean, and Chris, they got their hotels and rent-a-cars paid for. So me and Eddie just were together all the time. So it was like I got my hotels and rent-a-cars paid for. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. So we yeah, just but that no, one friend that has it. <laughs> right? Exactly. And then we just, you know, we all kind of just use that. But it, it took a while to get that. It wasn't like people think that, that they just pay for everything. And they really, they didn't. Okay. Eventually, they started to, and that's what happened to the company. I know. It's so funny because yeah. Robert will always make fun because I'll share a room with Christy or whoever, Lisa. I'm like, what? That's normal. Like, we all room together. Like, that's what we did to save money. The mentality of a wrestler was so dead. And well, he's like, why are you being so cheap? <laughs> so he's looking at it from, like, Hollywood, and we're looking at it as wrestlers. Two different things. My... When, I, when I'm on set and I'm talking to my actors or actresses, on Glow, for instance, they could not believe that we would pay for our own, our rental cars, our hotels, our own outfits, and yeah. all the stuff that we had to take care of. They couldn't believe it. Yeah. So now being part of the Screen Actors Guild, yeah. I'm like, this is, this is amazing because somebody's taking <laughs> care of me. This yeah. is awesome. Could it be better at times? Yeah, sure, of course. But I mean, coming from a business that doesn't have a union to a business with a union, 
night and day. Mm -hmm. And the work ethic that we have as wrestlers, they can't work me hard enough in Hollywood. Like sometimes I'm doing a 12 hour day and you're just, you know, you're just, you know, pushing through it. And they're like, oh, you know, you know, really appreciate your work. I'm like, you don't understand where we came from. This yeah. is nothing. This yeah. Is, I, I, this I, is a day I, off. I feel the same way when, when we do the same thing. And I, obviously I'm part of the SAG and, and AFRA and whatnot. But I did, and I've done a couple of other things that are scripted shows, and I'm still getting paid for them that I did 12, 15 years ago with residuals, yeah. which I'm like, what is this? Because, you know, we don't right. normally get that stuff. And, you know, it, it's a different right. world. And that's why I, well, I always say to Gail, oh, I should be your agent because you're not doing that. He always you know? yells at me mm -hmm. saying I don't get paid enough. And I always tell, well, and I mean, we can go into a whole conversation about that. But well, we won't, but yeah, we won't <laughs> because it drives me crazy because I think what you and and I've I've always said this, you know, I I've been to WWE, I've been to to Impact, you know, I've seen some wrestling. And for me, when you see kids and you see the faces when they see their favorite people and they get a t-shirt or they get a, a lollipop or a ice cream or whatever it is, a hot dog, and you see their sheer amazement at the things that you do, jumping up a rope, going through a table, all the things that, that you know, like Batman does in a comic, right? And they're seeing it live. It's, it's such a great art form for kids and such a great thing for them to see. Um, and then, and then you think of the business model, or I do, because I'm a business guy, I think, how do they get away with these things for years and years and years when, when you could never really do that, you know? So yeah. I, I, for me, I would love to go. And, and the best time I ever had was when they would do the weekend shows with Impact. House shows. The house shows. Live events. And I yeah. loved them. I loved them. I would just get in the car and go, and I would be just a fly on the wall and watch the people in a field, with, and maybe only 30, 100, 200, whatever the number was. Yeah they were just enamored with these folks coming out. And, and I never, there's a handful of wrestlers that I really like, and then the rest I don't. For no other <laughs> reason than I, I don't know them. And, and I'll say, oh, look at this attitude, look at this attitude. She'd say, oh, it's part of their story, it's part of their thing, it's yeah, part, yeah. you know, da, da, da. But, it, but it always amazes me at the work ethic because you've got to stay fit, you've got to stay on top of your game because if not, somebody's going to take your spot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. For sure. I just had a uh, conversation and I just did a, a podcast with Andrew Yang. Uh, ex oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Great, great guy. Super cool yeah. guy. Big, big wrestling fan. But he's really big on on getting rid of the independent contractor status for wrestlers. Oh, my he's God. Huge. I saw his tweets, dude. I was. He's huge. <laughs> and we were talking about that. And so, like, literally, um, he he's just a guy that's like this is we have to bring this out of the dark ages right. as awesome as wrestling is which is it it is awesome it's a great business could be crappy at times but um we need a it's a publicly traded company now we have wwe worth 3.3 billion dollars and not to get into it too much but it's it's time to start taking care of the wrestlers like that in a certain certain I sense tell you i was you know when john oliver did his piece i was really happy right. That because you brought a little Astudia. bit of attention, but it wasn't going to create any change. Just a blip on the radar again. Like, mm -hmm. look at Vice. Mm -hmm. You know, you were part of that. They're mm -hmm. they're dark. What was dark side of the dark, ring? Dark side of the ring. Closing yeah. everything and still nothing. Mm -hmm. Someone who is has a voice for us, like Andrew, 
-hmm. that can actually create a real change. He's our savior. <laughs> That's why I was saying, I'm like, wow, this, this man is amazing. I already was part of the Yang gang before that. Mm -hmm. But that just put it over the top for me. I was just like, he's a at good midnight player. the other night. She waited, waited till Andrew Yang got on CNN yeah. to talk. Well, after yeah. the VP debate, I was like, oh, Andrew just tweeted he's going to be on AC, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay up and watch. You know, and Robert, you'd like him because he's such a big. I mean, he's a huge entrepreneur, but he's huge in creating uh, avenues for young people to learn how to be in business and create business, not just work for a business to create their own business. It's he funny. started a whole foundation of that. I know a lot of people that know him. The one thing, one thing I've been blessed with in this military space is I've got to meet so many senators and so many presidents and so many things on people that have influence. And no matter what happens in the next election, these people that, that, that have all these amazing attributes are going to use them and continue to use them in public service mm -hmm. to change the, 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 the narrative on, on young people and, and the things that happen. And he's one of them. Um, and there's a lot more, believe me, that, uh, that are coming to the forefront now. So I, I, I think it's a good time. And I think it's, you're right when you say about the dark ages, it's a public traded company. It's a, it's a profession. It is. And they should Absolutely. have a union and they should be taken care of just like actors, just like, you know, um, there should be equal opportunities and all those things that go along with that. So, so yeah. it's a good time right now, I think. Yeah. There needs to be a lot of changes that need. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We'll see if we can ch do some changes on that, you know, now being out of the business in a yeah. sense. Hey, and in your wedding too. So, which was really cool to see and how, what a small world it is. Your best man was Guy Fieri. Yeah. yeah. Right? You still good friends with the guy? Yeah, very, yeah, very close with the guy. Yeah. So, I was date, I, I, not date, I used to scratch that. I was, <laughs> no, 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 that, I, that's, didn't, that came out wrong. Yeah. I was working with his wife, or actually working with this girl, Lori, Lori. that, uh, at, that was, we worked at uh, uh, TGI Fridays together. And That's for a long time, and she was a, she came from Rhode Island and she had this, you know, this accent and just was this, this East Coast vibe, you know, super cool girl. Uh, we were really close, really good friends and we used to go shoot pool all the time and just like, hang out and all, we had like a big, big bunch of people that would hang out. And then I remember when she started dating this person, this guy in a sense, and he was just a, like a work, he was a cook, worked yeah. at a restaurant, you know, and I uh, remember, hey, what's up, how you doing? And then you know, you lose track, things go right, you know, and, she, you know, I went my way, she went her way, and we didn't really talk to him. There was before Facebook and all that stuff. And uh, then all of a sudden, I was talking to somebody that was mutual friends, and they're like, you, you, you know, well, Guy, Guy Fieri, right? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, that's Guy. I go, Guy? Yeah, like, remember Lori's boyfriend, Guy? I said, yeah. That's guy here because he didn't look like that. He had yeah. dark hair. Yeah, well, that was that was so funny, and I tell this story because he didn't have the. He wasn't wearing shorts, and he wasn't wearing bl uh, blonde hair, and he didn't put it on his head like that. That was that was a very smart gimmick, right. um, to get noticed on Food Network Star, and I was a judge on Food Network Star at that time, um, and I got to know Guy right at the beginning of his career. Um, 
and spent a lot of time with him. So that was that was funny because if you look at the old pictures, you, you probably have, you right. did see him. He didn't look like Guy Fieri is today. I've never seen him with dark hair. Oh, he completely different guy. And yeah. he never, so that's he never why I, up and never no. That's yeah. why I didn't recognize him. Well, I didn't. I never put two and two together. Sure, I'd seen Guy Fieri on, you know, on TV and stuff, and. But I didn't put two and two together. Then when I looked at him, like somebody pointed out, I looked at him, I go, oh my God, that's Guy. Like he was we yeah. party back in the day, you know? Yeah. So funny. And then just to kind of reunite and see Lori again at, uh, at your wedding. And that was really cool. In fact, I just went to Vegas with um, the TGI Friday gang. Yeah. Oh, you about did? Ten, about 10 of us kind of got together and said, hey, so meet in Vegas. Because it was a good time in our lives. You know, we're just all yeah. of hanging out, just having fun. We're young young people you know, exploring and, and learning about the world. And about 10 of us all went to Vegas and hung out and Lori was one of them. It was really, really cool. Just, yeah. just kind of hang out and have fun. Yeah, yeah. She they, is. They're just good people. Yeah. Good yeah. people, absolutely yeah. good people. That's what you said, good people, hang out with good people, you know? That's Too funny. I remember you telling me that story and I told him that the yeah. first time I met him. Yeah, you know, so um, tell me about Fit Crunch. Wow, uh, Fit Crunch, that, so, it's so funny. I was doing a live show, well, a theater show that I have, um, and it's basically audience participation. It's, it's all my shows wrapped into one. It's a two-hour uh, theater show in Pittsburgh, and um, the, the show was sold out. And I get an email from a guy named Sean Perrick. Uh, I need VIP tickets. My kids are in love with you. They're little, they're little girls. And I said, oh, yeah, give me a call, whatever. So, so he did. And um, he says, I make protein bars. And I said, yeah, okay, dude, whatever. You know, <laughs> it wasn't really. So anyway, normally before our shows, we have a couple of tequilas. And um, after the show, we have a lot more tequila. But um, his kids came in uh, and his kids were just adorable. I mean, they were like picture perfect kids. Yeah. Both, both dancers, both looking little like six or eight year old kids. Yeah, I can't remember how old they were at yeah. the time. And I just sat on the floor and I played with him because I had... I, I needed a distraction and um, I played with them for two hours and then all of a sudden we got to get up and go and do the show. So I said, I come back afterwards and you know, after the show. So the show was a tremendous success as most of them are, all of them are. Um, And he came back after, he said, I want to show you some protein bars and da da da. So I ended up long story short, um, becoming a partner with him. Um, thinking that it was going to be my name and we'd make a protein bar. Well, it doesn't work like that in the real world. <laughs> After putting in a million dollars to build a protein bar, and we had very different ideas. He wanted muscle heads and I wanted families because, you know, that's where the money is. And, and I meant that because my it's girls would meet, public, you know, yeah. in general public instead mm-hmm. of a small niche, niche thing. So we started and the first bar we created, um, was a caramel caramel peanut butter, but we couldn't get the machines to make the caramel go onto the, the bar. And if you imagine seven years ago, we were doing everything by hand. We were doing 70,000 bars uh, a day, 18 people, three lines. Uh, we now do 300,000 a day um, by machine. By machine. Um, yeah. So we took, so so we decided to, to change the formula. We, we had the baked bar uh, and whatever. And it, I never forget it. I had some. You talk about knowing people. I knew Doug McMillan at Walmart. Mm-hmm. So I ended up 
getting hold of, of Doug saying, we got this, this great bar, you got to try it. And he's like, yeah, great. Love it. Try it. We put, we got all the stores. Well, we couldn't produce, yeah. we couldn't produce food. We couldn't, it's just produce impossible enough, yeah. to produce the number mm-hmm. uh, because right. it was literally a cookie that was part baked and then people were putting stuff on with enrobe it, cool it, and then put it into bags. Um, it didn't work. I had to go back and say, well, you know, when we get it right. So it took us a year to get a machine that's 400 feet long, um, 10, 10.3 million to build it. It's one of a kind. It, it's the only one in the world. Um, and it bakes and did it. So now we're in uh, 85,000 retail locations in the States and then every country after that. Like um, I see them everywhere now. Yeah. They're everywhere. Hey, when, when I was at, at, I love Costco's, when I was at Costco and I saw them, I was like, yes, I took a picture, tweeted it out, and sent it to you guys. <laughs> But yeah, it's because, like, uh, I, we, just, we just launched an apple pie, which is number one um, bar on Amazon right now. But uh, you know, the, the beautiful thing about it is it's great flavor. We, then we, Gail wouldn't eat it because it's chocolate and sweet. No, and, no, 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 that's not why. Because there's milk in it and I have a dairy allergy. Oh, okay, okay. and it's sweet <laughs> and you don't like it. And uh, I like sweet. Gail doesn't like, doesn't, doesn't do that. So we created a bar she's, called. She's a very bitter, very bitter person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just like my flavor palette. Yeah. So we created, we just created a new bar line called Fit Bar, which is um, all GMO, vegan, da da da. That just launched uh, two months ago, three months ago, two months ago. Yeah. And it's doing extremely well. Um, and the beautiful thing about everything that we do is the money that we make from that goes into our foundation that builds homes, buys dogs mm-hmm. for, for post-traumatic awesome. and you know, all those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, so, so what started off as, you know, it could make it or it couldn't, you know, we're going against the quest of the world and the, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right. now it's, I think the number three bar in the world. So in seven That years. is so awesome. Um, yeah. That is yeah. so awesome. I mean, I just love that when my friend, my boys succeed, you know, for me, it's everything to me. Like I'm, I'm not one of those guys that's like, you know, you see people and you're like, Oh, Oh, they made it. You know, why did they make it? And not me. I'm like, that's awesome. Like there's room for for all of us. Yeah. And I, I, you know, it, it goes back to what you said before though, Javo. you know, it, listen, I didn't know it was going to succeed. I, it was so funny. I would, we create this bar and at the end of the shows, wherever we were in Chicago or wherever, I would I would then spend the extra four hours. I would go to a Costco. I go to try and sell the bar, and that's how we started this off. And um, you know, it's become successful. Then we started the food line. Then we started a you know a, a liquor company. Then we, you know, and they've all been very successful. Not because somebody gave it to us, because we work every day for it. You know, yeah, you work for it, and it's that's. Yeah, that's the that's the missing ingredient. And even when you do work for it, sometimes it's not successful. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, that's the number one thing is working for it. Yeah, people get lucky every once in a while, sure. But for the most part, you got to put the time in. It's just I feel like, not to say there aren't hard workers in this generation. It's just this mm-hmm. our society now moves faster, more instant gratification, mm-hmm. and that's what people are used to, right? So. People just don't want to work as hard. They want to take the shortcuts. It's. But I, I'll be honest. When we started Fit Crunch, I was the same way. I'm like, oh, we can make money fast. It, there is no unless you're a tech genius, and you create something that's that everybody needs. There's yeah. no money fast. You know. You know. Mm-hmm. 
it, it's hard work, it's pounding pavements, it's what makes your product different. And I just, I just did, um, I just opened the open call for Walmart worldwide on innovation. So Walmart has this amazing, um, so if you come up with your program, yeah, if you, thank you, if you come up with something and you want to sell it Walmart, you know, you can go and sell it to Walmart as an independent guy, which they mm -hmm. never did before. So I just did that with a CEO and opened it. And it's so amazing to watch small companies have a niche, you know, it could be a spoon, a cup, a, a water, whatever it is. Tell me about your product. What makes it different? You know, and, and the good thing is they're giving you a fair price. They're not nickel and diming you. So Walmart's doing a great job in that. And, you know, and I, I don't work for Walmart. I just sell to Walmart and a lot of other places. But it's nice to see that they're taking care of people. Yeah. Yeah. We look at their, their successful business model. They're doing something right. You know, they're biggest, you know, chain in the world. So totally get it. You know, you guys, we, because we're friends and I say this about this podcast, it's my favorite part of the podcast is able to connect with my friends again and talk because we can't see each other right now. But because we're friends, we're always, I mean, we could talk for four hours, but I don't keep you guys too long here for sure. We do this little thing on, uh, on suplexes and cervezas with Chavo. That's just like kind of a rapid fire questions at the end. And um, it's it. really easy, quick ones. There's no right or wrong answers. It's just for your fans to kind of know you a little bit. Someone asked me to sing on one of their things at the very end. That's not a rapid question. It was a quite, I don't know what it was. It was a, it was at the end of the rapid round. It was Taylor and she's like, um, something like sing something. And I was like, Oh my God, no, I can't just say, I just can't sing. Sing. <laughs> I got you. I got you coming. Okay. Oh, yeah, I, you can can. I can sing. All right. So are you vintage cars or new cars? Me? Oh, you're asking about both of you, both of you. Me, I'm new. New. New cars. Yeah. Working out. Are you like CrossFit people? Or are you weights? Weights. 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 Are you cook in or eat out? Eat, eat out or cook? when I'm by myself, cook in. Eat, eat out. out. <laughs> yeah. Who does the cooking at home? Me. Wow! Look at that. She's really good at Everybody it. Everybody always is like, "What's it like yeah. having She's a chef really good at, at home?" Too. And I'm like, "Well, he doesn't really cook." When I come home, I, I wish you could. See, you you've got to come to our house, but yeah. but if you look, I'm gonna move it. Oh. What yep. did I just do? Can you see us? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, you're fine. You're totally fine. Right here? No, that's not the camera. No, I did um, If you look at the left hand with the cursor, there's yeah. video. And... No, oh, he took it off something oh, completely. No, don't. What? what you I, can see, I can see you fine. Okay. Uh, we can't see it. Let me turn that. There oh, there go. we go. Yeah. So watch. So this island is a huge island. Oh, wow, yeah. I'm here to make this kitchen. Mm -hmm. um, because I thought, oh, we'd have the best kitchen ever. I have, I, I only cook for TV in here, um, yeah. or I don't ever, very rarely have I cooked in this kitchen. My, my book, that's it. Gail cooks every meal, than most of the meals when we're home. You helped last night a little bit. Yeah. Because I got a little, I tried a new dish and I was getting a little flustered because it's like, why didn't you get the ice water to blanch this? And I was like, I didn't know I had to do that. And I'm trying to do three things at once. So then he helped me at the end. Love it, love it. Uh, are you guys? Are you? Uh, I know Gail is a little bit. Are you have any fight fans at all? In in yeah, like MMA kind of thing. Yeah, are you an MMA or boxing? I oh, so I like both. So mm -hmm. I I've done a lot of tours and I have a lot of friends who are MMA fighters, but I like the art of boxing. 
Right. Sweet science for sure. I agree. Yeah. But I, but I, I like to watch MMA when like Chris Weidman and all these guys, um, people, you know, people I know, because I don't follow it every day, but the people I know when they're fighting, um, the blessed and, and all these guys I've been on tour with, I love to watch them because I like to support them. That sounds good. And tacos, when you eat tacos, are you soft shell tacos or hard shell tacos? Soft for me, for sure. I don't eat tacos. What? You're fajita. Very rarely do I, you know, I shouldn't say that. Let me retract that. I shouldn't say that because I just was at Taco Bell headquarters (laughs) and everybody has this, and that's why I retracted that. Sure. Everybody has this thing about Taco Bell, and, and I've got to tell you, some, some of the best food I ever had from Taco Bell was a couple of months ago before COVID started, or seven months ago. Um, I went up there, and it was amazing. I don't normally go to taco shops. Yeah. Gail will all the time, yeah. but yeah. I don't mind if we're in a, in a, in a place a la fajitas. And, but yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a, But it will always be flour. Yeah, I like flour, too. Not that you ask uh, for corn, but yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. well, whatever you get it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're you're, you're the ones telling it's your fans here. So, um, beer or wine? I have one of the largest wine collections in my house, and I drink a lot of beer. <laughs> so, beer, wine, nice tequila or bourbon? Tequila. <laughs> That's yes. like not even a question you can. Everyone knows that answer. I, I'm here in Australia and, you know, outside of the U.S. and Mexico, there's not, they're not big, huge tequila drinkers, but there is a friend of mine here is taking me to a tequila bar here. And I saw a picture of their, of the bar. And I said, oh, wow, there's several different good tequilas here to, to choose from. So tonight, not tonight, when I get out of quarantine, which is tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to do that. So you got to tell us how the Rocks yeah. tequila is too. Yeah, you know, I haven't had it yet, but yeah. I'm sure I will be having that real soon. Uh, yeah, I saw that. The Terramana, yeah. Uh, Stallone or Arnold? Arnold. Arnold. <laughs> I'm an Arnold guy. I, mean, I love Stallone, of course, but Arnold because I was, yeah, I grew up pumping iron, you know, and I'm, you know, the well, we pumping iron. His, we used to make his protein bar. Oh, you did? Oh, really? Yeah. And, um, oh, I and I, I do a lot line. with his, I do a lot with his um, after school program. And when we have a magazine, Robert Irvine magazine, mm-hmm. and he gave me three pictures that have never been published in wow. history to, to use. Um, amazing human being, philanthropist like good, yeah, yeah. beyond philanthropy. Yeah. Uh, just every time yes. I go to uh, Olympia or, or wherever, um, it always makes time to come and say to our booth and, and, and you know, just... Good guy. Yeah, we like Robert. Good. Looking good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love. I love. He's a good, good guy, right? Yeah. Guy. Such, yeah. Such so charismatic. So he walks in the room and he's got that big, you know, thousand watt smile, and he walks yeah. in. Yeah. It's so yeah. funny to watch him. You know, he. he um, I know his assistants, and we've known him for years. And he just he walks into a room, and you're right. And when I did the Gold's Gym um, um, thing in Vegas, uh, the big whatever uh, it was the gold's gym convention convention um it was the 50th anniversary of gold's gym Mm -hmm. and i got to talk to him i got to preach and do my thing but um, (laughs) it was pretty funny he just seems cool with all his animals in his backyards with his cigar and 
actually he's just a good dude man he just yeah. he's one of the boys he's just one yeah. of the boys he likes to yeah. Hang yeah, out. And i went to mecca and, and him and and lou ferrigno um you know i walk into mecca and, and luckily now you know they because of what i do with goals um He's, he's there and I feel like it's the, just the, amazing. Mecca, the Mecca, you can see anyone working yeah, out. Yeah. Look, anybody listen to Mecca is the, the original golds up in Venice Beach. Yeah. In Venice Beach, California. And you know what's cool about that is that you can see them walk, you see Arnold working out there. You see the I people. A, I got a $90 yeah. ticket because I was in awe that Lou Ferrigno was walking past my, I just dumped the car. I went yeah. into the gym and I came out the ticket. I had a ticket on the window, 90 bucks. That's so funny. Meanwhile, yep. we're doing conventions with Lou Ferrigno every yeah. year. Yeah, <laughs> a couple times. He still, he still looks good. Yeah, he still looks good. And he's he's a big he's a big sob. I I met him when he was doing the Hulk, yeah. he, you know, in Cal some growing yeah. up in Southern California. He was doing the the Hulk TV show, so he was just massive and huge. He's a big man, anyways. So we're walking through this old. Um, it's called, it was called Oli's and Oli's was like a home, home Depot back then. Yeah. They were like smaller and he was walking through there and me and my dad were walking through there and they just started talking because my dad was a wrestler and blah, blah, blah. And it was, I just was looking up this big, huge, massive man going, oh my God, that's Luke Rigno. That's the Hulk. Real yeah. life superhero. Yeah. Uh, and the last one, are you uh, burgers or pizza? I would say pizza more than burger. I'm not a big burger guy. Well, I guess I don't eat red meat anymore, so I guess pizza, cheeseless pizza. Well, there's 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 the Impossible Burgers. I eat those all the time. I do like meat alternatives, but sometimes mm. they taste weird a little bit. But. Some, yeah, sometimes they get a little weird for sure. You yeah. got to be careful. But some some of them aren't bad. Some of them are good. Mm. So, uh, where can they find you guys? On what's going on? What do you got going on right now? And where can they find you? We're getting ready to go film next week, uh, Tuesday. Um, then get me at, uh, at Robert Irvine on Twitter, <laughs> at Chef Irvine on Instagram. Instagram. And what are you on Facebook, Robert Irvine? At, Rob, at Chef Robert Irvine or something. I don't know. I don't even do that. I do <laughs> he, his Twitter. He does his own Twitter. I do my own Twitter. Yeah. So you can tell because I can't spell anything and it's one continuous That's sentence. <laughs> That's when you know it's me. Um, but yeah, lots of TV, lots of great products, lots of serving our military. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, that's I'm still it. doing my impact wrestling thing, doing the Cape Babe thing. Yeah. To you about later. And also uh, you can find me, uh, Gail Kim, it's me for Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. And, and really exciting. I know you're there with The Rock, but The Rock's company is is following Phil Heath. He's, Phil Heath is, oh, yeah. is a very dear yeah. friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Dr. really? For Mr. Olympia, so Absolutely. we'll be there at Christmas yeah. to watch him take the number eight. Incredible! Uh, he will. He's, he's looking amazing. But uh, Rock's company is is doing Seven that, so that's going to be really the exciting. Documentary for him. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. 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 They're doing it right now as we speak, mm -hmm. so that's pretty cool. Really? That's all. Yeah. Phil's. Uh, he's 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 amazing, man. There's always those generations of of uh, of you know, those bodybuilders, you know, for, you had Arnold, yeah. you had, um, um, Lee Haney. Then you went yeah. to Dorian Yates. Ronnie you know, Coleman, yeah. Ronnie Coleman, and then now you got, you know, Heath. Yeah, for sure. Hey, I appreciate you two very much taking time out of your day talking. It was great catching up my friends for sure. Um, so really glad you're time. doing what you're doing and kicking ass Chavo. And enjoy the dealer tomorrow night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, enjoy, so enjoy down under for a while. Because and, uh, it's much safer there, right? 
Mm. Yeah, well, you know, you have to come in, um, especially Brisbane, the state of the Queensland, you have to, um, two week quarantine, you come from it, even from a different state, you have to two week quarantine. But so now, then I go out with no masks and everything's open. Oh, okay. And they, they haven't had a case here in quite a while. Wow. But it's two weeks in this yeah. room. Yeah. Well, at least you're through the end. Yes. Well, yeah. We're off to Hawaii and they were doing the same thing there. Luckily, in October the 15th, they stopped doing that. Whoa. So Oh, they did stop. They've stopped. They will stop. Oh, we'll see uh, what happens. It'll be a test. <laughs> we'll so, see what but, happens, though. Yeah. 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 Always so, ever changing. Stay safe. So great to thank you. Great talking to you too very much. Have a great the rest of your day and uh, we'll talk soon. You too. Be good.